0: In this episode, I have the amazing Joanna Bassels here with me. Joanna is the founder of Healers of the Light and teaches people the power of elevation of consciousness through her books, through her teachings, her trainings, everything. And in this conversation, in this chat that we have in this episode, we go really deep. It is so fascinating hearing Joanna's story and how she really experienced her spiritual awakening and was able to step into her purpose with so much more power. The work that she's doing in the world is amazing. And I found this episode and everything Joanna shared so freaking fascinating. I learned so much and I know that you are going to get so much out of it. As well. So make sure that you check out the show notes so that you know where to find Joanna as well after you listen to this. And as always, if you're loving this podcast, come say hi when you listen. Tag me in your Instagram stories at The Spiritual Boss Babe. And also leave a review on iTunes and let us know what your big takeaway is, what you're loving about the podcast, and all the things. So without further ado, let's welcome Joanna onto the show. Hello, Joanna. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. I, can, I already know that this episode is going to be so freaking magical.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. I'm so happy to be here too.
0: Can't wait to talk to you and get into details about yes. purpose and all these things that uh, we have in common. Yes, I I know that you are very into um, the metaphysical stuff, teaching people how to activate their DNA, their gifts, all of the things. How like how did you how did you come across like all of? I know that's like a really deep question. Like how did you shift from like really stepping fully into this? And you even have an, an academy now, like where you like help people. Healers like yes. into their gifts, right?
1: Yeah. So um, I always had this interest uh, since I was a child. Since I was six years old, I learned hypnosis. That was the first thing I learned. I was so curious, um, and my, my parents were always very um, allowing me to do anything I wanted, and as long as I wasn't destroying something or, or getting into trouble, they were okay with it. So. Um, I was always like interested in all these shows and things that they showed mentalists and people doing all these magical things. And I always wanted to know more. And um, since um, young age, I was able to learn all these things, past life regressions, um, hypnosis, uh, remote viewing, wow. and all sorts of mind control by the age of 12, I, I think that's when uh, the S- silver method of mind control came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was into it completely. I was uh, com- totally doing everything that they said. And, and I had my own ways of doing things too. So I, I was playing with my own mind. I always wanted to see how can I change something in me and see if it it does something in the outer reality mm. and uh, it sometimes surprised me like uh, i had a uh, this visualization of someone showing up at my door at 5 p.m and, uh, and visualizing exactly how they were going to be there and that happened and i was scared <laughs> kind of maybe because i'm like wow well, how did i do this and then uh, that was when i was uh, younger of course and then you know life goes on and you go to school and you forget about all these things and i went to law school in peru i'm from peru Mm-hmm. Went to law school there and uh, just submerged into the world there. But also, while I was there, my instincts kicked back in and uh, I started um, actually taking all the classes that I could into philosophy uh, because there are some courses that were able to convalidate from one um, to the other. So um, so I back went back into my interest So philosophy was another way of learning esoterics and all these other things that were interesting. So everything always led me back to that. And um, when I finally uh, came here to United States, I've been here in Miami for 15 years. And um, I started, you know, working, doing the real, regular thing. For 15 years, I have two real estate companies in Miami. One day, um, it's like uh, all these memories, all of, all of a sudden, came back. It's like, this is who you are. Don't forget this. Because oh, I was wow. so... so immersed in the things I was doing at work. I was like having three phone calls at the same time, four Mm -hmm. meetings in one hour. And I was like, and all of a sudden it's like, I entered a space. It was like a moment of very, very intense awareness in which um, everything around me stopped. There was nothing in in my space. I was sitting in my chair and I remember, it's like everything in the room went away and uh, there was no sound, there was nothing. And it was just me sitting on the chair. And it was like a a download of information. This came back to me and uh, it was like a feeling of remembering who I was. Mm. And uh, it was so intense that I had to literally stop my phone calls, what I was doing. And uh, I couldn't for the next few months, I couldn't physically do the work that I was doing because it just didn't feel, it didn't feel real. I felt like uh, I was another person. Mm. And um, during that time, um, I started writing. I didn't know that I could write at that point. I had no idea that I was a writer or I had any skills um, of writing. And, uh, but it was such a feeling. I was so intense. And, and it was not just uh, motivation, but it was like an urge to do it, to write. So mm-hmm. I started writing. And... Um, this was explanations to myself of what was going on. So, first started like, okay, this is a, a process called elevation of consciousness. You experience this, and this is because you have been doing these things for a long time. And then this uh, so somehow I intuitively had put myself in that situation because months before. I had been practicing a lot of uh, breathing techniques and different things that I didn't know that I was doing, Mm -hmm. but I was just intuitively doing them. And uh, so I understood that what happened is because I had um, been practicing awareness frequently uh, for the months before I had reached a point in which it's like a tipping point um, after you experience awareness, either intensely or frequently in which you activate your codes of Consciousness basically mm-hmm. is a, a, a point in which you start changing cell in a cellular level and also in all sorts of your paths. Everything changes because um, you reach this point. It's like a, you're trying to start a car, and then at some point it starts and mm-hmm. then everything goes from there. So, and that's what I, I started writing about the previous or what happens to get to this point and what happens after that. So the entire process of how to get to the state of awareness, how to activate the DNA and how to reach the elevation of consciousness is the actual objective of my books. Um, Wow. Yes, it's incredible. And uh, every time I write, it's like this information is just coming, coming, coming. And uh, it's so pure that sometimes I have to check for words that i never heard before. Wow.
0: (laughs) I have so many questions now. (laughs) Um, do you I can't believe you started learning hypnosis at six by the way I have to point that out. Um, did you like do you do anything um, before you write to get into like a certain I guess like uh, open the channel? well i I did before like
1: the first months when I just started realizing that I had this gift. First, I had to do some sort of meditation, breathing and a prayer that allowed me to contact to the frequency of the book. So it was just like a connection phrases that I wrote to help me get there. But as I continue doing it every day, it's like a pattern. It's like you transform into it. So I don't need to do it anymore. I simply write and it starts. So this is what I actually explain in the books. It's like when we have, uh, we have three elements to create patterns, either intensity or frequency and time. So if you do something intense enough, then your body changes and starts uh, creating patterns based on that. Or if you do it frequently enough or over some period of time, then you turn into, you transform physically into into that information. So now I don't really need to do anything to connect. It's so much uh, easier. And also because daily I write uh, my Instagram posts to where I share um, um, a little bit of motivation with people every day that allows me to maintain that connection daily. So yeah. It's good for me as well as it's good for other people.
0: Yeah, I love that. And so when you were sitting there, when you had all these downloads come in, was it like a total shock for you? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is happening? Um, I remember I was just so busy, you know, doing my things. Um, and I had uh, this huge transactions going on that day. So I was just dealing with, major transactions that at some time somehow they didn't work out so that's like something that usually happens at work you know some things go through some things don't go through and uh, I was just dealing with this and I asked because I felt that I was communicating with some someone or something that it was just me in a higher level of consciousness mm-hmm. and I said why why my transactions didn't go through and uh and the answer was we just saved your life <laughs> like, why are you saved my life? It's because this is not who you are. You're not wow. that. But your life was about to change in a way that probably was going to be irreversible because the magnitude of uh, the business that I was doing was going to totally take me in a different direction of what I had to do. So it's like, we're not going to allow that. You're here for something else. Wow. And, and it was like, we're you're not going to do that. There's no way. Uh, you're going to have enough to uh, to do what you need to do, but you're not going to be able to do it in, in this way in which you're only going to do that because you're not here for, for that. And, um, this continued like every day for at least six months, um, uh, this urge of going to write, it was so intense that, um, at four in the morning every day, it would wake me up with a really strong uh, vibration on the top of my head. Uh, and it was so intense that I had to get up because it was like, there's an earthquake, something's happening. Wow. Um, and at that point, I wasn't yet, uh, I hadn't transformed myself into, an, uh, into what I am now the, to have the ability to write. I was channeling at that point. So I felt it here. Mm-hmm. Now when I write, I feel it on my stomach. It's like uh, this, something has changed in the process where I now connect to my intuition before I was receiving. Now I am expressing myself. So it was a whole different process at the time. But for six months, I felt that connection. And uh, all sorts of important information was given to me. Uh, one of the most important things at that point was uh, also a direction to what I should eat and what I should not eat. That was very, very important. It's like, don't eat their food was the first thing and the list of things. Um, why? Because um, you're not going to be able to connect to higher consciousness. Your cells need to develop into more, um, like a more appropriate container of higher consciousness. And uh, there's some foods that don't allow you to do that and I understood at a point that perhaps, um, you know, we are all used to eating whatever we're given. And uh, that is one of the reasons why we have so much unconsciousness. Yeah. We're just doing, doing what we're told, but we're not questioning if that's right for us or not. And uh, that's how it's appropriate for, for whatever is happening right now, that we remain in that unconsciousness. But uh, if we break through that, then uh, things start to change. And um, one of the main things that I left was sugar. Mm. And uh, since then, a lot of things have changed. Not only that uh, I feel more balanced throughout, I don't have peaks of emotions and things like that. Um, I also have, my vision has improved. Like uh, usually with age, it gets worse and and mine has improved. And my eye doctor says like, what are you doing? I, I stopped eating sugar. And that's like one of the main things that actually affects your vision. And uh, many other things, um, just I felt a totally different level of connection after I made uh, my dietary changes. And uh, although it was a commitment at first, now I can really think about giving that feeling of, of being connected and balanced for just a taste of something, you know. So I totally, um, it's not that it's an effort right now, it's uh, just normal, it's a lifestyle.
0: Yeah, That's interesting because I've, I definitely went through a whole diet change myself along. That was like one of my first things like that I shifted when I started going through my spiritual awakening. And, um, it's interesting. I don't know if you've ever worked with like, uh, like power plants, teacher plants. Um, (laughs) but, um, I have, and, like a lot of similar things have kind of come through <clears throat> in those experiences, like the really be mind, more mindful about what you're eating, even though I eat like well, but like just be more conscious about what you're eating, be more conscious about where you're spending your money and like, you know, just like all these different things. Um, so it's just interesting like hearing you say that. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a... um It is so connected. I think it's at the base of of, uh, any sort of um, uh, awareness or connection to consciousness. Eating is probably the most important thing. So I always recommend in my books and everywhere, every opportunity I have to anyone who's in the path of elevation of consciousness or starting into want to be more connected or finding their spiritual side, they have to um, be more mindful of their food and they need to make a complete transformation and and eat life things, eat life, if they want to be more um, able to process higher level consciousness, they have to also be physically that. Mm. Do you eat mostly like plant-based stuff? Yes, yes, definitely. All vegan yeah. and uh, another, I try not to eat gluten, um, and, uh, but the sugar is incredible because now I read all my labels at the supermarket and it is in everything. So mm-hmm. it leaves me with vegetables that I have to cook more often, but you know what, at least I know exactly what I'm having. And, uh, it's definitely better because, uh, I can say, you know, I want to have this particular group of vitamins today and, uh, I definitely can just cook something that has those ingredients. And so it allows you more control, even if you're cooking, you know, raw foods or directly vegetables instead of just buying something pre-made or things that are processed and definitely try to avoid everything processed too. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, I had to stop drinking. It wasn't that hard because I wasn't really drinking that much anyway, but that was another thing. Anything that takes me off consciousness, I didn't want to um, trigger any, any, paths, any neural paths of unconsciousness. So I stopped alcohol, I stopped sugar, animal products, gluten, coffee, chocolate, anything that is addictive in nature. Wow. That addiction is like... Um, your your brain is triggering uh, addiction. It doesn't really know what you're eating, but anything that it makes you feel like you have to have it, I decided to cut it. So it was a it could sound a little ascetic, and at some point I had to you know really do the fasting process to learn a little bit more temperance because uh, that teaches your body who is in charge of, of making mm. that decision. Like it's not so automated. So it, it, fasting really helped too because it was a, a process of me developing that temperance of or telling my body I am in control. You have to obey my decisions of when I'm going to eat, when I'm going to do something. So mm. uh, that was one, one of the practices that I shared too that um, uh, I said, you know, if, if you want to develop temperance, start with the food. It's, it's probably the most, uh, the easiest way to get there because it's something that you do every day and several times a day. So it's your best way to learn. Yeah. So, so what I did is uh, I made this really uh, bitter uh, juice that is uh, lime juice and ginger. It was a little concentrate. So while I was fasting, every time I had a craving, I had a little sip of that. Mm. And uh, throughout like... The, the day I noticed that it was less and less, I mean, more spread out cravings until it just gave up. So it was like a little punishment to the craving. I was always testing, you know, communication with my body, trying to tell you something in different ways. Are you not understanding? Mm-hmm. Okay, you shut up this thing.
0: And uh, it did work <laughs> very wow. well. So how long did you, do you uh, like recommend like fasting for like for that? And that- well,
1: and it really wasn't that long. It was only like two or three days uh, intermittent fasting because also it's not necessary to, you know, uh, do it the whole day. So what I did is um, for these first times that I was, wanted to be in control, I did it during the day. So I fasted in the day and I, then I had dinner. But in other, ter- in other um, opportunities when I'm asking um, in my books for something, when I ask people to go through a detox because we're working in removing patterns that are physically crystallized, in the body, and I recommend fasting at night because then we're not, we're active during the day, we have our energy, and at night, we don't really need, we can skip dinner, and that will be our eight to 10 hours of fasting, so it it's works as well, and it helps the body um, eliminate what it, or use the resources it already has in a little bit uh, faster way.
0: Mm. Yeah, so that depending
1: what you're doing, you, you can intermittent fast in the morning or at night, depending what your
0: goal is. Yeah, it sounds way easier than fasting, fasting.
1: (laughs) Not necessary. I mean, depending what, you could fast for two or three days in a row if you really want to completely change your cellular system and and do something like start brand new from something. Um, But uh, depending, you know, again, what you're doing, I don't think
0: it it has been necessary so far. Wow. So what are some other um, things that you share with others to help them like reach that elevated level of consciousness
1: well um first of all um the first book that i wrote was the this one the power of the elevation of consciousness these are three books uh, it's a trilogy because uh, the first level talks about how to change in a psychological level the soul so everything that is intangible and that has to do with identity and uh, that was that's the most important or first step to getting into consciousness is like are you really believing that you are consciousness or you believe that you are something else. And uh, while you believe that you are a role or something or a belief or something that you have learned here in your physical experience, you won't be able to believe your other aspects that are beyond that. Mm. You you can't be uh, opposite things or you can't be two things at once. You either believe that you're unlimited or you're limited. You only have those two paths. So once you start choosing, let's say, I am a doctor and I'm fully focused on that. And then you're missing out on all the other things that you also could be because they're part of your nature. And then, uh, although it's not a negative thing to believe in, in your profession, it is a personality thing. You're believing that you are a personality, but uh, you leave behind something that is intrinsic that I call the original persona. It's like an essential um, identity that we have before even incarnating something that we already have. And, and it's like all of our set of skills and qualities, everything that is given to us before incarnation. And it's all that we really need to live our life purpose. It might not be all you need to live uh, the physical world. And that's why you have the ability to learn skills and have a job. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that that's, you don't need that necessarily for your life purpose, your life purpose. You have already everything you need. So when you're born, Exactly. You already have, we already come with everything we need, really. It's just a matter of remembering mm-hmm. what, where, where that is. Like, um, I didn't know that I could write, but it was in me the entire time. I just had to discover that, and uh, that's when I started writing, and, and it felt that it was there for my whole life. So people have, who discover their, their purpose, they always feel that this had been in them the whole time. It's just, it's just uh, they didn't see it. And uh, that's exactly how it is because when we come here, we forget. That's mm-hmm. part of the, that's part of the um, life experience is to, how do I remember who I am? But at the same time, consciousness doesn't want to interfere in your experience. It wants to let you choose. It's like you choose to be consciousness or you choose to be an experience of the humankind, something temporary, a circumstance. And uh, so the first part is about learning how to dis- uh, disconnect from these identities that we create. Mm-hmm. And the more we let go of them, um, the more that we choose to not say that we are this or that, the more that we allow anything to to be possible and the more we become expansive and expansive. So more opportunities come to you and show you that you actually have all these capacities to do so many other things that you didn't know that you could do. But you already have them. So the first step is discovering. Discovering who you are and uh, releasing what is not the true self. And then the second part is familiarization. How do I familiarize, familiarize with this feeling of the true self? So the, there is a set of exercises about how it feels to be me. So that's when I teach all these different breathing exercises and uh, we reach the state of awareness where even for a few seconds there is a feeling that allows you to um, identify how it feels to be you. So you're able to kind of um, create a little bit of a, a pattern of recognition. So every time you do something, you'll be able to feel if that feels like a, like you or is in conflict with that feeling. And then you can say, well, that action or that thought is not really me, that's a product of personality, a product of an emotion or something else. And uh, so the next part of the process is to recognize if anything that you're doing is a reflection of the true self or if it's, uh, you know, something else from your circumstances. Mm. And learning how to overcome the influence of circumstances and uh, become more you. And finally, the last part of the process of elevation of consciousness is becoming consciousness physically and in all of uh, your patterns. So this is uh, the second book, Cellular Activation. It talks Mm. about how to create patterns of cellular communication using different kinds of neurotransmitters. So there we talk about foods that stimulate serotonin, dopamine, uh, adrenaline, and different kinds of uh, hormones and uh, neurotransmitters to create a neural path of connection to consciousness. Because there are some neurotransmitters that um, that help us uh, stimulate the communication or or help us um, be more connected internally. Mm. And that stimulates also the connection to higher consciousness. So that's why food is so important. Yeah, as well as breathing. Breathing is another way of communication, and uh, if we reach the right level of brain um brain patterns through breathing, we can also communicate directly directly to consciousness and create new patterns, physical and psychological, behavioral that will represent that consciousness in, from our point of view. We are, let's say, a point of view called the original persona, that is a, a perspective of consciousness, of the universal consciousness. So every time that we create new patterns that are representing that that original persona who we really are, what we're doing is also allowing our connection to consciousness. And we become physically that. We become physically what we believe. So mm. we believe we are that or we believe we
0: are something from here. Um, it's up to us to so- search. So it's more, the second book is more like the embodiment of the true you. Exactly. Physically. The first one is more like how to actually recognize. recognize that. Okay, cool. Yes,
1: exactly. And the third one is about perception. So it allows us to understand how can I perceive the external world based on this new me, on this uh, real me. So... Is what I'm seeing out there is really a reflection of me or is something that is a pattern of unconsciousness? So it allows you to see the external reality as coming from from you instead of just being something out external. So it's a whole just change in perception of things that allows you to see consciousness, basically. Mm-hmm. the consciousness in everything. And the goal of that is to allow you to experience oneness because once you see the consciousness in you and the consciousness in everything else, then you can see the connection that is in everything.
0: And it becomes like a new way of being pretty much permanently. I mean, we still, I guess, are human. Yes,
1: that's why it's going to constant work. We have to continuously recognize it, but it becomes so much easier to recognize because you can notice when someone... Is struggling with unconsciousness. Now, you don't necessarily judge the person, but you feel compassion for the person because you know that they're not able to recognize what they're doing. And then you can approach that situation in a different way. So it starts changing the way you interact with other people, the way you interact with your environment, and uh, just how you see life allows you to be more balanced, more connected. And, uh, and the goal finally is to leave your purpose, which is be yourself and be that perspective of consciousness that, that you
0: are meant to be here. Mm, I love it. So beautiful. It, it like, it makes total sense. And I love how you said y- your purpose is to be yourself. Cause it really is.
1: Yeah, that's all. Like we don't really have to do anything specifically, but if we recognize the true self, then any action, any expression of that true self is, is right. So anything that we do from that perspective, it will be our purpose. It doesn't have to, it doesn't mean that you have to quit your job. It doesn't mean that you have to, but there are some things that allow you to express that better than others. So that's why there are some people that, in fact, they do leave their jobs to dedicate to something else because it resonates more with who they are mm-hmm. when they discover it. Yeah, some things don't really just, you know, from the more, we could obviously in every action we present or reflect our true self, but there are definitely some things in which it's better uh, expressed than in others, for sure.
0: Like certain people who, like, just based on what they do, like teachers, artists...
1: Exactly. They're, they're more connected with the interior self, whether other jobs like an investor, for example, we're more connected with the external reality and uh, yeah. producing for, for uh, something temporary or external. Um, it will be difficult to see how you could pair that unless you do, like, for example, use that as a way of helping some humanitarian cause. I mean, there's always ways to um, yeah. change an action in making it into something... Um, With purpose.
0: Yeah. So, for people who have, who are on a path, because a lot of people listening are on a path of like either finding their purpose or just starting to like really live it out, what advice do you have for them to really um, step into that even more, strengthen their gifts even more?
1: Well, I would say start by experiencing awareness. So, you can find awareness is, um, something that it feels, uh, it feels like home. It feels like being in in a total peace. It doesn't really make you feel excitement or anything, uh, to fix up emotion. It's something that makes you feel very, very even and very peaceful. And, um, there are a few things that People do, that probably are their hobbies or passions, that when they're doing those things, nothing else exists. It's like a, an activity that allows them to disconnect from time and space. This could be anything. They need to find what is what is that path. They're, even if it's uh, something that they don't think is really purposeful, like uh, working out or anything that at first to start allows them to reach awareness. That has to be their their way to get in and then they have to do it in a frequent basis for a certain period of time until start feeling that they're changing their patterns especially the neural paths because that changes their their brain wiring Mm -hmm. so people who are constantly for example doing yoga for example which is an activity that allows you to connect to your inner self if they do it throughout three months period, for example, they will already start seeing that change in perception and change in consciousness and they will start feeling more connected to themselves. And then that will be a good time to start searching into what am I here for or what is the best way in which I can express myself. Um, But it's not that why you're here for, we're all here for something, but it's like, how can I express that better? What is the best way to start? And then When they feel that urge to do it, instead of suppressing it and saying, no, that's nothing, how can I make money out of that, or that's like useless, just pay attention and do it. Because uh, it's not about what you're going to get out of it. It's not about how you can make a living out of that. And many people stop following their purpose because they don't know how to make a living Mm -hmm. from it. And that should never be the objective of your purpose. You can have an activity that is your livelihood and then have another thing that is just your purpose if that's that's when you're starting. And then at some point, things will just become clearer for you and you will find a way or simply will be a consequence of living your purpose.
0: Mm, like it just all falls into place.
1: Yeah, it's incredible how things happen like that. Like when you're living your purpose, things just come to you. It's like blessings, gifts. Somehow it just works out. But if you're thinking about it, then you're blocking that ability of things happening. If you just focus on the purpose. Um, I had recently um, a client, a person who was seeing me for a therapy and, and she had this dream of going somewhere to um, do a, like an art and um, just going to another country and be an artist there. And she was worried about how she was gonna pay for that. And I said, just go and focus in the purpose. It's like, why you wanna do this? It's because she had a message with her art that she wanted to give about women living in, in, as an immigrant in different places. And uh, she, I told her, just focus on that and just prepare yourself, pack your bags, buy the ticket and don't think about how. And um, all of a sudden, a few days before, uh, she received a uh, donation for her for her entire trip. She didn't wow. have to. Uh, I'm like, I tell you, just focus on yeah. what you're doing. If you're focusing in that you're nervous, you're worried, then things don't work out. But it's like, um, and like that, I know a few people who are just living their purpose, doing what they love, artists, and people who are just traveling the world, uh, giving their message, and somehow things work out all the time.
0: Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because it's so true. And like the only thing that can ever really get in your way is the fear and like listening to it. Yes, exactly.
1: But the more aware you're about of yourself and and, uh, just that feeling of peace, it's like nothing really can get in the way. The, The more you know who you are and your message and everything, then It just feels um, that you have everything and then needs or your perception of needs also changes because you realize that many people feel like they need things Mm -hmm. and uh, this is just a perception and it's part of that addiction that I told you about in the brain. This has to do with the food, chemical imbalances. It has to do with patterns of the brain because uh, we are programmed to need things because this is the society in which we live but we don't uh, organically or inherently need anything as humans, because uh, our nature wasn't to need or buy things. This is just part of how we're programmed mm. and, uh, in this society, particularly. Because before, like if we go 200 years back, there probably was not the same need of buying things or having this and, or that that we have now. So mm. this is something that we're programmed to believe. And uh, if it was programmed, it could be reprogrammed as well. And that's why you see people on the spiritual path who have accomplished that, uh, overcome that need or perception of need, and they don't feel like they need anything. You know, mm. are giving up on things, and that lowers the the responsibility of maintaining those things that you don't really need.
0: <laughs> I went through that a long time ago. Became a minimalist. I yeah, wow. it's so interesting that it's um like to, to think about it in a deeper way like that, that it's just like literally like a, a construct or conditioning to like, feel like you need things or need to buy things.
1: Exactly. That. And uh, I shared that on my post yesterday, I was telling people that it's important that we don't desacralize important processes like meditation, like uh, yoga, marriage, or just different things that, that have become commercialized and lost all their sacred aspect. And, the uh, this is a very um, engineered uh, move from from this society because if we lose all our ways or all of our entities and we lose the real power of them, then we will have no way to connect to consciousness anymore. So I tell people we have to um, disconnect from these commercialized ways of um, that are telling us, oh, you know, uh, you can. The, we're going to sell you this meditation for uh, who knows how much and uh, they're not really accomplishing anything. They're just uh, there for their own interest. But if you allow people to really show them how to get to that state of awareness and they experience it, then they will really have a tool for for the future to communicate. So we're kind of losing that, that path of to consciousness because all of these institutions have been commercialized and it's sad. It's sad, but it's all part of where we're we going with this unless we are able to stop it and more people step in and say, you know, I think that we should uh, pay more attention to what we're doing, how it, what kind of activities we're joining. Is this group, although it seems like a good intention, are they really focused in the greater good or they're just focused on their own interest? Like, how do how do we know it's because that familiarity that I told you earlier, you learn to recognize your true self and you know if that action or that activity or that group of people, if they resonate with the true self or not. Mm. That's when the familiarity with awareness
0: comes in. Powerful. I feel like a lot more people are waking up now more and becoming more conscious. I don't know yeah. if it's because since like I've been on my path, I'm around more people like that. But I also realize that it's, there's a whole other world and a lot of people that are still in the system.
1: Yes, but what I tell people when, when they ask me, "Oh, what do I do when, for example, I wake up or I'm awake and, and my husband is still unconscious and he doesn't want to know anything about it. So I tell them, you know, people have their own timing for things and there might be like an experience or something that will allow him to get there. And you can't really tell someone to wake up. Um, because it's just, it, can't, it doesn't happen that way. But what you can do is to work on yourself and to be more of a, an antenna of consciousness. Develop yourself more and be more, uh, emanate consciousness even more. Because this is, a, this, we are all connected even though it's, it's not visibly, um, it doesn't look like that. We still influence other people just by being in their same environment. And since I started working with the books and everything, a lot of changes have happened in my immediate neighborhood that uh, were incredible. Like places that were um, affecting the neighborhood negatively have been demolished or neighbors went out or things changed completely just in my immediate location because I'm all day meditating, sending out all this energy. And uh, I could see the change. And uh, even my husband, for example, who is not interested in spirituality, but he will not also won't, um, conf- is not conflicted with it, but uh, he's not interested. So he just asked me one thing or, or another here and there, his personality has changed. Even the dogs have changed. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> you know, it's because, uh, they're immediately affected by us, by me, who is, uh, all day really working hard in, and stimulating consciousness. And I remember my, uh, my spiritual guides that uh, at some point told me, I asked them, how can I bring more consciousness to the world? And uh, one of them said, just walk the streets. It's like, because you are an antenna of consciousness, so just walk the streets. is one of the ways in which you bring consciousness to the world. Wow. And, uh, it was before I started, you know, writing books and doing other things. So, because I asked, how can I be of service even more? And then all, all these tools started coming because I asked. And that's another important thing that I would tell people who are in the path of spirituality is to ask. Yes. Ask a question or ask what you want and uh, allow the answer to come to you in time. It's very, very powerful. And just asking a question, it's never not answered. You always get an answer. It may not be the same day, but it's within a few days. You always get a response to whatever you ask for. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you'll, you'll notice it even more, like the more aware you become, yeah. the signs.
1: Incredible. <laughs> yes.
0: I, I've always asked, like, um, to please use me as a vessel, you know, and work through me and, like, help me be as of highest service as I can in this physical body. And it definitely helps <laughs> with the downloads.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you want to be of service, you know, consciousness wants people to offer their offer themselves for for service. But I ask people, have you said that you want to serve? Have you have you asked anything? And they said no. They just don't 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 start the communication and they have to be the ones who start this. Uh, each one of us have this freedom or this will and autonomy. So we have to be the ones who initiate it and uh, it's so simple as either asking a question or just saying I-, "I want to serve how can I serve simply and then it's okay these are your gifts that you had since you were born and you didn't know that because you were doing something else which is you are allowed to do that that's why we come here to the human experience, but it's just because we have to overcome that in a way that it comes it's so so um reaffirming of our true identity once we overcome the the identity of the earth that when our life ends here in, in the physical plane then we know who we are and there's no way to uh, confusing that because in, in other planes we're not physical we're frequencies so we have to really deal with not seeing any kind of boundaries or anything it's like uh, just how do we interact here and uh, so frequencies really have to have some kind of Some kind of personality or some kind of uh, identity in order to be what they're supposed to be, and that's how we deal with it in other forms or in other levels. Once we move on.
0: So when when you're talking about like other planes and stuff, that's happening simultaneously right now, is what you're talking about.
1: Well. In reality, everything happens at once. So we are we are multidimensional. So what we're doing now in this form is reflecting in many other forms in other levels. So everything is happening at once. But from our perspective, of human perspective, we will see it as something that's happening later because we have time and space. But not everything, not every form out there has time and space. That's only our perspective. But uh, we'll see it as something later. But in reality, it's all happening at once in the present time. Mm -hmm. And the past and future is only a perspective of the human consciousness. There is no past and future and other in consciousness itself. There is no past or future. There's only present. It doesn't exist. Consciousness doesn't exist in the past or in the future.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Only in the present time. So it's a a perspective or something that we have in order to give us some kind of um, direction. Yeah, It's not really... truth. Like nothing ever happens in the past or ever happens in the future. And, uh, that's something that I always think about. And I try not to think about too much because then I start writing another book. <laughs> I, <haven't finished. laughs> I need to finish this one. And, I... uh, about is like, do we really have a past or future or those are implanted thoughts, um, for us to be able to do? what we're doing right
0: now in the present. It's so interesting that you say that. Like, cause I've gone down the rabbit hole for a hot minute with like the quantum field and stuff. And I talk about this a lot. Um, the whole implanted thing is fascinating. Um, but it's just like, so interesting to think that, uh, I'm sure you've done inner child healing work. Yeah. It's just fascinating to think that if that is happening, like if everything's happening simultaneously, which it is, which I believe it is too, then, like, when it comes to like inner child healing stuff, it's, it's like a future version of ourselves actually went back to help us and helped her awaken. In my experience, like, because when I started going through all of this, I mean, like, when you started going through all of your hypnosis stuff, it's like a future version was like, hey, get into this, hey, do this, because it's going to help you. Yeah. And it's, it's just fun. like interesting connecting the dots. <laughs> Exactly.
1: And, uh, I'm thinking that uh, I was thinking just recently that probably the past is only, um, uh, perception that is there to help us heal subconscious memories subconscious frequencies that need to be healed in some way. So that perception of past is just coming out to tell us that there is something that needs to be attended. And, and this is just the way it works because it's all uh, like a virtual reality type of thing. Mm. In which you have everything happening at the same time, but your your optic nerve, which is uh, the decoding decodifier of external reality, tells you this is past, this is the future, this is the present time. So there is something in you that is like a program that makes you see things as present, past, or future. But um, they're not really, past and future are never really, really there, so... But I had had experiences in which um, I had an astral projection recently, maybe a couple of years ago, in which uh, I saw myself going back to when I was a few days old. And uh, it was because I was trying to heal anger. I had anger and I didn't know where it came from. So I saw myself being a baby and I saw my mom and my dad arguing about responsibilities, like why you have to take care of the baby, blah, blah, blah. And she was so angry because um, of that. And she was handling me like with anger. You know, she was giving me a bath, but she was like being really rough. And then I saw myself entering the room as an adult now. And I took the baby off her hands and I comforted it, you know. And at that moment, that was so healing because it was something that I didn't know where this anger uh, came from. I finally was able to release that. That in energies it was an energy that I received from her that I didn't know where it came from, but it was my she was my mom, so it was like immediately I absorbed it.
0: Mm. And, uh, so okay. that was the body probably remembered it too.
1: Yeah, the body probably also remembered. So we always had this tension, and finally I was able to release that, and it definitely it made a total change. So there was a like a dimensional uh, change, but I was. I was in, I was two people. I was in two different bodies at the same time. I was in my age and I, as a baby in the same space. So that was really interesting because I said, you know, this is
0: weird. Uh, I don't know if you're supposed to see yourself. uh, That's like back to the future. Yeah. I had a dream. (laughs) I've had really weird dreams too. Like there was a dream where I saw myself sleeping And the me that was sleeping was about to wake up and the real me knew I was in a dream. And I was like, oh shit, I need to hide because if my other me sees me, she's going to freak out. It was so weird. Dreams are another, that's like a whole other topic. Yeah, it's
1: incredible. Yeah, I had that too. Uh, the
0: astral projections, um were
1: something that I had at an early age. That's probably what also got me interested in in everything related to the mind because they were spontaneous. I, I always had dreams that I was leaving my body and I would go somewhere and come back and I was afraid. And I was, t- I told my mom about it and she said it was a nightmare. You know, She had no idea what was going on. And I don't think she ever knew anything about those topics. And you know, in the 90s, it was like probably nothing or 80s even. Um, I think that was like not so known. So she, that she probably thought uh, that I was just uh, having a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also had episodes of sleepwalking. So I had to deal with all these things <laughs> of not being in my body. And my sleepwalking was so bad that I, my mom had to sleep in my room because she would wow. find me like in the middle of, like, in the neighbor's, uh, knocking on the neighbor's doors and things like that. And I was sleeping. <laughs> so I was like, come back here. Uh, but that went away after some time. But, so I always had these uh, this issues of, like, not being in my body, being in my body. So that I always was dealing with, and that's why I was fascinated with the mind because I thought, you know, what is in the body? What is in the mind? Is this like two separate things, or can we be only mind and not be in the body anymore? And I always wanted to know those things
0: since since early. Um, but that's why I'm doing this now. <laughs> so fascinating, and the work that you you are putting out in the world is amazing. Thank you. I'm definitely going to put all of uh, put your links and you. everyone who's listening needs to get her books. Now I'm like, oh my god, I
1: need to dive into that. Thank you. Thank you. So my um, my goal is to um, demystify that uh, that consciousness is just something abstract that we don't you know that we just uh, imagine. It's it's really something very very tangible that we can experience. So in my books, I offer breathing exercises, visualizations, all different paths to experience awareness, which is uh, the door, uh, like the multidimensional portal to access consciousness. So I tell people, try to do it in a regular basis, because the more you do that, you, you will see how your patterns in your brain start to change, and then you start connecting so easily. Like, you will have a spontaneous uh, moments of, of a higher consciousness. Like, it happens to me once, like, I'm in the supermarket going in, and then all of a sudden I'm receiving all these downloads, and I'm like frozen at the door in the supermarket. <laughs> People are just looking at me, I'm like, oh, my God, I have to go in. But uh, it's just because you are open to, to the receiving that. And, and it's so fascinating because. Uh, I don't think there is anything that I have done in the physical world that has been as um, gratifying or or feels so good as just being me and like what I'm supposed to do. And I said, when I think about the happiest day of my life, it's not anything, any day that I bought something or I travel, it's always a day in which I found myself and which I had that experience of direct connection with myself it was and uh, feeling like a, a little bit more vertical vision of, of the world rather than so horizontal right? it feels like it's me connected with higher uh, consciousness and uh, I'm here but it doesn't feel so much like I'm connected to like all the people and, and what everybody else is doing it's more like each one is connected in that in that sense and that was like the most
0: fascinating thing ever happened to me. It's so amazing. It's so powerful. It's like inspiring. And and thank you for shining your light and sharing your message and sharing your story and doing all of this work. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. And you're helping so many people. It's just amazing.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you too. And uh, I'm excited that uh, we were able to talk about these topics. And, yeah. And get them for the people, of course. And uh, we should talk more about the life purpose next time because I always go in all this tangent. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm really happy that we got to do this. Same here. Thank you so much. <laughs> Likewise. Well, see you soon. Appreciate it.
0: you